Tang Poco's mission is to introduce and launch artists, brands, and content creators to the metaverse, building innovative collaborations that shape the next digital era. She has a passion for creating meaningful connections and unforgettable experiences. Her team, the Decentraland Baby Dolls, are a respected group of artists and content creators in Decentraland whose thought leadership has contributed greatly to the evolution and growth of the platform for both users and investors. Their virtual nightclub, Dollhouse, is the premier event venue of Decentraland with weekly programming that brings the community together night after night. Tangpoco has participated in metaverse campaigns for major brands, including Kid Super, Absolute, Doritos, and more. Her architectural portfolio has been featured in numerous publications, including the Wall Street Journal, Cheddar, and Marketing Brew. In addition to being a verified partner of Decentraland, she is an advisory board member for Elite World Group Women in the Web3 Council. Also, she's an avatar, which is pretty cool. This week is Metaverse Fashion Week, and there is no one better to explain what this is and how we can participate. Mark your calendars for Friday and join in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Powered Luxury. Today, we have a really exciting guest on board. In fact, I've never had a guest like this before. And before recording, I referred to her as perhaps the Banksy of the space of the metaverse. I actually even said she could be looked at as maybe a daft punk of the digital fashion space, but we decided Banksy was a better reference. But it's hard for me to explain. So I'm going to ask her directly myself. Tangpoko, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm going to start with what's probably quite a challenging question. But who are you and what led you to where you are today? Thank you for having me here. That is a challenging question. And and so many interviews start off like that. And I'm always a little bit at a loss of what I should say, because I do feel that the persona of Tang Poco was born in the metaverse. And I know that that can be strange when people are interviewing me. But, you know, this is the next digital era. And uh, my persona was created two years ago and when I started going into a metaverse called Decentraland. And I think from being a user who just started exploring the metaverse to two years later, now I consider myself more of a uh, consultant, an event organizer, <laughs> a community leader, and uh, some people say an influencer, although I'm not super comfortable with that term yet, but um, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know, Tampoco, when I was researching who you are or what you are and where you live basically in the metaverse, that was something that kept coming up, that you are actually one of the biggest influencers within the metaverse and you're actually even a model, you're a creator. But outside of all of that, you're also connecting brands and individuals, taking them on their first steps into Web3 and into the metaverse. But if we take it back a step, how did you get started to begin with and how did you actually educate yourself on this space in order to become a really an influencer and a change maker? Well, I can start uh, from the beginning, which is um, in real life. And here's a, a little bit, I guess, about my, my real life persona. I am involved a little bit in 3D and graphic design. So I know a lot of 3D modelers and a lot of 3D coders. And right around the time that NFTs became popular, I remember watching the news and seeing Krista Kim's Mars House, which was a a 3D architectural space 
that was uh, celebrated and sold, I think, for something, you know, a quarter million dollars or something like that. And it was just beautiful. It was futuristic. It was immersive. And I really was drawn to that and felt that I wanted to create spaces like that, basically three-dimensional NFTs that were architectural pieces. I got a coder and a modeler together, and we built something very small and very beautiful. And I realized that I didn't have a place for people to actually go inside this and experience this immersive uh, NFT. So I began looking for virtual real estate where I could put this down. I looked at a few different metaverses. It was my first experience with metaverses. <laughs> so I was looking at a few different ones, and I was on the website Reddit, and I reached out to somebody who was on Decentraland. I asked him a few questions, and he really, he was just the first person to reach out to me, and he invited me in. I didn't know what a crypto wallet was. I had, I had been a little bit involved in crypto before, but in terms of using like a browser wallet, that was not something that I was doing at all. He showed me how to do that. He showed me how to buy the native token in this place called Decentraland. I rented a plot of land from him and I thought that would be it. I'd drop in this NFT and that'd be it. I love it. He was your landlord, your teacher, your guru. (laughs) He did everything to bring you on board. And was this just a random stranger that you met on Reddit? Random stranger. (laughs) But he was extremely friendly. And that's something that I found when I did go into Decentraland that so many people were very friendly to help when you had questions when you wanted to find out, especially technical questions about the space, I would say, you know, for onboarding, for how to deploy things, how to, how to physically deploy things. So that was, that was how it began. Once I got in there, I realized that there was a thriving community there and a thriving economy there. There was uh, different things going on. There was a kind of like an artist collective at that time. Uh, not a whole lot of people, but the people that were there were building and creating. And I found that very attractive. So I stayed and sort of explored. And I don't know if you've been inside Decentraland, but there's just these incredible creations everywhere. And because it's decentralized, everybody can do whatever they want. You can build whatever you want. Yeah. There's no rules. And for me, that's super exciting. It's kind of like you see everybody's hopes and dreams and wishes and, and, and experiences all together, mixed and mashed, just walking down the street together. You know, that's exciting to me. Exactly. And when I look at your story and the evolution of what you've actually built, it's really interesting to hear, by the way, that it started with this conversation on Reddit with this random stranger <laughs> who rented you your first plot of land. But you've gone, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's kind of like a game of Monopoly, actually, because now you've gone from renting a plot of land to actually creating a really popular event venue called Dollhouse. So if anyone is active in Decentraland or wants to have their first step into Decentraland, actually you need the coordinates. So the exact coordinates uh, to go and find you and find the baby dolls, it's minus 103 comma minus 98. These will be in the show notes as well. Um, But if somebody is to go and search those coordinates, what would they actually find there today? You would find a open air nightclub. <laughs> with uh, a couple of video screens uh, we have sort of um <laughs> we sort of have a heart-shaped theme because Dollhouse is not just mine. It's run by my group, which is called the DCL Baby Dolls. And this is a group of uh, mostly female artists and creators 
who celebrate creativity and inclusivity in the metaverse. We sort of, the theme is very sweet and, and you know, kind of sexy girl next door. Uh, so we have a lot of hearts and, and a lot of pink. <laughs> and so we're called the dollhouse and the baby dolls. We lean into that a little bit, but there's parties that go on uh, three or four times a week regularly, mm -hmm. and then special events as well. We spend a lot of time bringing in real-life DJs from Web 2 who are looking to make a presence in Web 3. We really like to focus on female DJs and uh, underrepresented groups in the space. What else? We, we have a very popular talk show called Beyond the NFT, which interviews people in Web 3 and uh, also within the DCL community. And that happens every Monday night. Uh, that's a really big draw. A lot of the community comes out for that. That's hosted by somebody called Sinful a really big uh, community influencer in the space. Um, yeah, we just, we really try and make sure that there's somebody always there so that when you are kind of new in the metaverse and looking for something to do, there is, there, there are people there waiting to say hello, bring you in, answer your questions and give you some stylish wearables because that is what uh, Decentraland is really all about, in my opinion, is the wearables. We love fashion. We love uh, looking good. Fashion is more than just fashion. It's a way to express yourself and express um, who you are and what you believe in in the metaverse. So kind Coming to Decentraland, we know that you come to you come in as a default, and then you have to sort of find your way. So we like to provide a lot of dollhouse and baby doll uh, merch and swag for people, and just really find out who you are and what you like, and dress you accordingly. <laughs> you make it sound like the most fun place to be in the metaverse, and I think it's also a really supportive community. So for anyone who has been thinking about this for a while and wondering how do I get involved what would you recommend as that just first step for that first experience into the metaverse I think it is important to to try and find a community that's already doing stuff you, you read a lot of things online about how the metaverse can be a lonely place and actually when I first came to the metaverse I did feel that it was a lonely place I know exactly how they feel where you are walking endlessly and you don't see anyone and when you do find a few people, they're very quiet. They're not really talking too much. You know, that's that's something that I really wanted to change when I started the nightclub dollhouse uh, was to make sure that people did feel welcome and seen and recognized when they came into the metaverse. So I would say, you know, if you if you can look up some of the communities, the venues, certainly dollhouse isn't the only uh, fantastic venue in Decentraland. But if you look up some of the influencers or something like that on Twitter and find out when their events are happening, you can make sure to time it so that you go to one of those live events, or you can even reach out to us. You know, it's so, everything is so accessible in Web3. You can DM me and, and say, you know, when's the next party? And I'll be there to help you and bring you in and introduce you to people. And you'll never want to leave. I promise. You're like part of the welcoming committee <laughs> to Decentraland. And it's fantastic. And actually, that's what people need. It's like going to an actual concert or an actual event. Yes. Of course, if you turn up on a day when there is no event happening and the venue is closed, it's very different versus you're going to an event and you've bought your tickets, you've planned to go there with your friends, you've planned your outfit. Actually, there are lots of similarities between the offline in real life world and the way you know, events really function in Decentraland. It's true, exactly. And one of the things that I like about more brands and projects coming in is that they are bringing their uh, existing communities into Decentraland. And I think that really helps for a particular immersive event. 
And I think that really helps. It's not just sort of a random thing that you're going through. You're already going because you are uh, somebody who's a big follower of coach for something like that. And then you know that coach is going to be at Metaverse Fashion Week. So you come in specifically for that event. Really exciting. And actually that brings me into my next question because it is Metaverse Fashion Week right now. That's why we're going live with your episode (laughs) because we want to draw attention to this really exciting space. Can you tell me a little bit about what is Metaverse Fashion Week and what can people do in particular in Decentraland during this moment? Metaverse Fashion Week is the most exciting event of the year for me. That's that's what I like to say. That's a statement. (laughs) (laughs) Fashion is huge in the Metaverse. And this year I'm lucky enough to be the official supermodel of the Metaverse, which is really exciting. The theme this year is future heritage, which is perfect. It is paying respect to the traditions of yesterday while looking forward to the innovation of tomorrow. And this is the intersection of that. This really appeals to me because I'm one of those people who likes a lot of vintage things, a lot of vintage music, a lot of vintage clothing. So to see these things brought into the metaverse and then kind of, I like to say, um, make it meta. So they've kind of digitized things and really celebrating the next level. Uh, It's super exciting. Some of the things you can look forward to, well, we have uh, Dolce & Gabbana is back from last year, which is exciting. We have Adidas who dropped their uh, NFT collection a little bit earlier this year. They've got metaverse wearables that are really quite nice. They'll be launching as well. We've got lots of panels. In addition to some of the legacy brands, we also are focusing on um, a group we like to call neo-designers which are sort of these smaller startup young designers in digital fashion. They're trying to make their way. And that's something that I think is really exciting about Web3 and digital fashion is that people that are just starting out, students, uh, small brands, can really compete on a level now with legacy brands, I think. You know, they have, they have opportunities and accessibility to new groups of fans, new groups of consumers that they wouldn't have had necessarily before. Yeah, like the agility is there and... Even just for someone who's coming out on their own, they don't have to go through a hundred layers of validation just to say, okay, yes, yes, we're entering the metaverse, which is a big challenge. I know it. I live it every day. (laughs) You know, bringing a huge established and traditional brand into the space. It has lots of different decisions that have nothing to do with the actual activity within the metaverse. So for younger designers, people who haven't even designed yet, this is a massive opportunity. It, it really is. It really is. You know, it's, and it's not that brands, that larger brands like that you're working with should not come into the metaverse. It's just a really different experience, I think, for them. I, it's exciting to see both these viewpoints in one place at Metaverse Fashion Week. On top of that, Decentraland has this really incredible community of designers. Like they're, they're so inspirational what they do. The metaverse is really quite early and the technology is quite early. So to see some of the designs that these these creators are making under such strict polygonal budgets. (laughs) Um, You know, they have a very small try count that they can work with, you know, as modelers, as, as people actually working in 3D, they have so many limitations. And to see what they can squeeze out of that in terms of how good it looks, the way it's textured is really, really inspirational. I see bigger brands come in and they don't know how to deal with this. You know, they'll be like, I don't want to build into Decentraland. It takes away my style. But to that, I say it's a challenge. You know, I think as a, as a successful designer, you should be able to hone your style down into just a few triangles if you can. And I think that's, that successful designers have done so. That's a really good point. And if you look at the major fashion brands of today, not necessarily the ones that have been established for years. If I think of a very new, fresh brand, for example, Jacquemus, you can 
tell, even from a silhouette, black and white, right? what is a Jacquemus bag, for example, and translating that into the digital world is a really interesting challenge. And I think everyone should try and do it, no matter how long you've been designing for or if you want to sell online or not. It's actually a really fun space to put your product into and, yeah, just uh, represent it and express it through a different medium. I often say that uh, true ki- true creativity comes under, you know, strict restrictions. Yeah. You know, you really have to figure out a way to make it work. And that's when really true creativity comes. And when you put someone in a context where they're completely out of their comfort zone, and it can work (laughs) in both ways. It could be bringing someone from a web three designer who's only ever virtually designed into, um, you know, an atelier and tell them, okay, now turn this virtual design into a real piece of couture. Uh, you can also have a similar challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's, again, what is exciting about Web3 is that I think that um, that really inspires collaboration. You need to have people from both sides working together to get us to the next digital era. Tangpoko, if we take it back to your, your day-to-day, because I'm sure a lot of people are really curious, what does your average day look like and who do you actually interact with? I'd be really interested in knowing. Well, I'm often working on several different projects at a time. So my day, probably like yours, is filled with a lot of meetings <laughs> and a lot of progress reports to see what's going on. Um, and I will work with people from the community to plan the next community events. At Dollhouse, we always have three or four events going on at the same time. So um, I'll work with that. Artists that uh, want to show art, DJs that are coming in, they need their sets and their music's done. And then on bigger projects like working with, um, I don't know what I can say and what I can't say here, <laughs> working, <laughs> with, working with bigger brands and just making sure that their, their uh, plans are on target as well is really what I'm doing all day long. A lot of engagement on social media as well. It's super important to stay in touch with the community. And I, I like to as well, you know, these, it's not just, you know, the community I'm doing air quotes right now, but it's not just the community. <laughs> these are my friends. These are the people that I work with and the people that I want to celebrate and uplift in the community. So staying in touch with them, making sure I can do whatever I can to help them is a big part of my day as well. Fantastic. Um, some of the brands that you have publicly worked with and you've had campaigns go live already. So I'm going to give them a mention. Household names like Doritos, Absolute. You've got Jägermeister in there. You know, you've been featured on the Wall Street Journal. How does that work? Do these brands reach out to you because they see you as being this influencer and expert within the space? How do you make that connection? And how does that usually roll out in terms of a product launch? One of the first big brands I worked with was Absolute. And that was brought to me because I've done a lot of work with a Web3 agency called Banquet and also a more metaverse-focused agency called Parcel Parties. So they had actually been contacted to do um, the Coachella version of the Absolute Tent in the Metaverse last year. And that was the biggest brand that I had worked with so far. In this capacity, we were just working – it was me and all the baby dolls. We were just working in terms of – promotion, like getting the community involved. And I, again, not to, I, I really think that this is an incredibly important thing for brands to do when they come in. And Absolute, I think, did it first and did it best was bring the community into the party. So often you see fashion brands or really any kind of brand come in, they drop in their pop-up store and that's gone. You know, they're gone. They've taken the pictures and they're out. But to have an event that draws the community in, that brings everybody together and creates an experience. And in absolute case, a really memorable experience for everybody. That's kind of like embedding yourself in the culture. You know, that's respecting the community and, and really shaping the culture of the metaverse as we're growing. We're so early. So these, 
experiences are really pivotal for us. So what happened with Absolute was it was like a six-day activation. We had uh, a two-way two-way stream from uh, the real world into the metaverse, which was something that had never been done before. So we were actually communicating with the festival goers at Coachella at the same time that we were partying in the metaverse. Super exciting. It was just a six-day party. I, I mean, I don't know what resonated with everybody so much, but uh, that really, I think, changed the idea of, of brand engagement in, in Decentraland. So from there, I've worked uh, with, with Banquet and Parcel Parties again for Jägermeister. And I think from that... Other brands have seen me and just contacted me on their own and see what I've done on Twitter. Super fun. It sounds really dynamic and like it, it moves really fast and there's no specific way of working in the metaverse or working with you. So if there are brands who are listening and wondering, okay, how do I get involved with Tampoco? How do I get involved with the baby dolls hosting an event? Maybe there's a DJ who's wondering, how do I enter into Web3? Actually, the best way to do it is, is drop you a DM across, I guess, um, your Instagram or your Twitter account or actually attend one of your events? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, you, you know, you should have a package or something for brands. And I just don't think that that is the right way to go right now because every everybody's expectations are different. Everybody's needs are different. And oftentimes I'll get into a call with somebody and what we were talking about in the first minute about doing, by the end of half an hour, we have something else completely that we're going to do, right? So I just don't think that packages are the right way to sell the metaverse right now. No, your package would expire very quickly in terms of relevancy right? as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's that, especially working with kind of larger, larger brands by the time the um, plan rolls into action, it's outdated. So you need to be fast, you need to be agile. And it's another reason why some of these kind of students and startups can really get an advantage in the, uh, in the metaverse. They just move so quickly. If we talk about things moving quickly, I think the digitalization of fashion is, well, it's a paradox, right? It took so many years for fashion to embrace even Web2 e-commerce and social media. We had major luxury brands who, you know, wouldn't even create an Instagram account because they didn't think that it would be brand safe but look at us now could you tell us about the first digital wearables so piece of digital fashion that an avatar can wear in Decentraland um, how you created it and how it came about I will tell you my most important creation okay <laughs> <laughs> because uh, when I first started in in Decentraland I did make um, a few small items uh, that just to test out the market. When I first started, it was a very male-dominated space, I felt. As a, as a female in the space, I definitely felt there was a lack of fashion that was geared towards women. There was a little bit, not, not too much. Mm. So one of the things that I wanted to do was dress a little bit more feminine. I started out making a pair of like a black skirt and black boots and kind of a, a bustier top. And that was successful enough. And then a, a few months later, I made a very, very feminine pink outfit with, um, you know, little straps that attach from the from the skirt to the boots. It was it was just the first very ultra feminine, almost doll like outfit in Decentraland. And this went over like a craze. A few girls bought it. We got together. Uh, you know, I, I actually it was very. <laughs> It was very organic. I was at a party wearing my outfit. I saw a couple more girls who had bought the outfit. They were there in the same outfit. They came and danced with me. It looked very cute with all the pink girls dancing together. More girls bought it so that they would be dancing with us. We began to sort of mobilize and organize from party to party, realizing that people were following us a little bit. So we started thinking, well, maybe we should support the creators and, and the locations that we love 
by showing up to these parties. I mean, there was nothing really planned about it. It just sort of happened. And we became, I guess, a small group of influencers uh, based on, you know, shared values and and the need for or the, the desire to to support our friends and to support creativity in the space. Uh, once we decided that we'd like to um, really focus on empowering females in the space, it seemed the next logical thing to do would be to build our own headquarters. And that is what Dollhouse was. It became a place for us to host events and be able to throw parties for our friends and um, just a place to call our own. I think now it's it's sort of turned into almost a welcoming plaza. You know, <laughs> yes, a safe, it's a welcome a community. Safe, <laughs> a safe space for people to go where there's something going on. I try to make sure that whether I'm there or not, there's always music or a calendar of events happening there. So um, I, you can actually set it so that it is your home base. So as soon as you log into Decentraline, it will take you directly to the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you know your default home space will be. And it's nice. Usually when I go, there's people there and just relaxing. That's super interesting. I'm going to take it back a couple of steps because um, what you've just explained is so similar to the story of one of our past guests, Aoife McNamara, who created a physical fashion brand. It started with her creating a couple of pieces, wearing it out and about in person, people seeing it, loving it, wanting to buy it, posting about it on social media. Eventually she created a collection. Then she said, I need a place to have this brand and actually uh, rented a cottage, a real life cottage in Ireland. So a physical space. And now she hosts events there. It's actually, it's like a parallel universe. Wow. It's so interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to me how something like fashion can be this tool for communication and connection between people. And that, that translates whether it's in the real world or in the metaverse. Exactly. And maybe for people who are newer to the world of digital fashion, could you explain step-by-step how did you actually create a virtual dress? And then how did you sell it? Like, how could people actually buy it? Mm. These creations are made in a program called Blender, which is a uh, 3D program. You could also use stuff like Maya or I think there's... Most people use Blender right now, which is open source and free and a lot of information on the internet about it. So if you're interested in getting involved, um, it's really accessible to people. There are some guidelines you need to follow in terms of how many, you know, how, how, how much fidelity your, your wearable can have. And, um, but all that information is available at the Decentraland site. And there's plenty of tutorials out there as well. In my case, I have a 3D designer that I work with, so I came up with the concepts and worked with him to make sure that it looked like how I wanted it to look. And you can do that as well. If you have ideas, you can find a Decentraland artist who can you can commission and work with to help you bring those ideas to life. And I think that that's really exciting because it takes away that barrier like, oh, I have all these ideas, yeah. but I don't necessarily want to know 3D. That's the exciting part about Web3 is it's really easy to reach out to a designer you like and say, hey, let's work together on something. And so, again, so similar to the real world because so many you know, designers, creative directors, artistic directors of brands, whether it's a small independent label or a huge fashion house, they're not the ones that are doing the tech packs and the very technical designs. They have the maybe creative inspiration, they're sketching things out, and then they'll work with a team that 
you know, actually do the the final designing and creating for them. So again, there are so many parallels between offline and online. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is how brands are created. It's, yeah. it's a group, it's a team, and it's a group of people working together. So definitely don't let that be an obstacle for you. Once you have finished your creation, we have a marketplace system set up in Decentraland where you can simply uh, upload and publish it. There's a cost that is in our native token, which is MANA. Um, and it's, I think, maybe, oh, I think it's 60 cents USD, I think, something like that right now. And so maybe $150 or something like that USD. And um, that's it. It goes through a small review process to make sure that uh, no IPs are being used uh, in a poor way and there's nothing hateful or anything like that. Uh, when you're, It's quite a quick process these days. I remember back in the day, mm. <laughs> it used to take weeks for these things to go through. Now it feels like it's almost instantaneous. They have really streamlined the uh, curation uh, process. And then you'll be on the marketplace. So you'll be able to um, advertise it on Twitter. Um, you mint it out. I should say, actually, that all of these pieces are an NFT. Yes. And that's actually something we should talk about. This, this is important. Um, every wearable is an NFT. So you can choose to publish one, a one of one unique. You can choose to publish 10, 100, because rarity matters with NFTs. Yeah. And that's going to be the value of, of, the way, of the way you price it, what you're going to do with it. The rarity uh, really matters as well. It's the same price, but you get to choose uh, what you're going to do with your, with your wearable. And because they're NFTs, a buyer will buy it. It doesn't matter whether... Uh, they stay in Decentraland or not. They own that item. They'll be able to sell, trade that item uh, anywhere. So they will own it. There will be only one. So let's say we get to the point where we're dancing in the metaverse, we're at one of your events, <laughs> and we see you wearing one of your beautiful creations. And I think to myself, I want to buy that. How do I find the exact item that you're wearing, see if there's one available, and actually buy it? This used to be um, a laborious process, but <laughs> just last month, uh, the good the good workers of Decentraland made it so easy that you can just click on somebody, mm -hmm. and the interface will come up. It will show you every item they're wearing with a button to that link to buy it. So this has been really incredible for me. Isn't it incredible? Because I'm constantly poking at everybody, yeah. seeing what they're buying, <laughs> seeing what there is. Um, I actually have had like a really big brain block in the last probably two weeks now where I think I can do that in real life when I'm walking around. I'm looking at them <laughs> thinking... I really like their trousers. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I can't just like tap on them and see where they are. And can I buy a pair? Um, it's it's funny how the brain adapts. When, when AR, when AR, we, we need to have uh, some AR glasses or something like that that can do that. I completely agree. And even today, you know, if we think of like Instagram or TikTok, actually very few people are tagging the brand of the items that they're wearing. <sighs> and only a tiny percentage of people, it's usually the brand itself, is able to actually tag the exact product to make it shoppable. Whereas now what I'm seeing in Decentraland is that's going to be the default. And I think that's really exciting. And it really does feed into the option for a fashion item to go viral yeah. based on how it's being worn in the real world, which is uh, something that's really interesting. I think brands need to take a, a deeper look at that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, the idea too of um, AI coming in uh, this year really, really strongly. I, I'd love to see more AI doing functions like that. So just being able to wear something and put it on your Instagram to have some kind of an AI recognition feature that, that finds those things for you. Yes. 
would be fantastic. For the people like us who are going from uh, online to offline and <laughs> feeling <laughs> deprived of features in the real world. <laughs> I'd really love to see all, and I know this is dreaming, but I'd really love to see everything I buy fashion-wise in the real world have a digital counterpart. And not just necessarily digital twin, but kind of like the metaverse version of. I'd really like that. I think it's going to come very quickly. Certain brands will do it first. And it's going to be brands that have an audience who already demand that. And then I think within the next generation, it's going to become a default want and need. It's like, imagine 20 years ago, people were saying, imagine if the items that I want to buy were available on the internet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it seemed crazy at the time, but I think very, very soon we're going to see a lot more of that. And that goes beyond fashion as well. You know, I think that we could do that with architecture, yeah. you know, your your home, when you buy a home, you should have a digital version of it. Or when you rent a hotel room, you should be able to have, you know, an experience in the metaverse that's at the same time as part of the purchase. I see a lot of that happening now when it comes to real estate, you know, real estate twins, even helping people buy real estate remotely Dubai is a hot spot for that because people are investing in real estate there and they're not necessarily traveling or they are there but they're looking at a building site the building's not there yet how do you get somebody to buy off plan when you know you're showing them pieces of paper about something that's meant to be super experiential and luxury and whatnot whereas the when you look at the real estate twins that's a really a really exciting piece of innovation that's that's coming to, to life. Yeah, absolutely. And they've come a long way as well. Um, you know, you can see even in the last five years, being able to, um, even the expense of that has gone down, you know, so almost everybody can make this kind of a 3D scan of their um, buildings and put it online quite easily now. Absolutely. Um, at the very beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that you are the official supermodel of the Metaverse Fashion Week. First of all, what a statement, and we might need some more explanations around that. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what is your vision on the role of models in Metaverse Fashion Week in general? And will we see the real life supermodels of the world creating digital twins of themselves and featuring in fashion shows in the Metaverse Fashion Week? I think you will see a little bit more of that. It's something that they need to think about. You know, a model's entire personality is based on the way they look. And that can change a lot when you go into different metaverses. What I look like in, say, Spatial and what I look like in Mona is very different than what I look like in Decentraland. So I think they really need to focus a lot more on their relationship with the community and their persona because it's not just about your face and how you stand anymore. It's also about your brand, your values, how you engage with people. And you can carry that persona into different type of metaverses. You know, it doesn't, it's not based so much on how much you look, but also who you are is, is what I would say. So any, I think you, I think you asked me at one point, like, what would, what would I say to a model coming into the metaverse? I would say, come in and, and join the community and make friends, get, get people to know who you are and what you stand for. That's really what models and influencers, I think, need to do if they want to have impact on the metaverse. Uh, as for fashion week, I mean, I think too, like technically you, you need to know how to take a great selfie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you definitely need to have, um, uh, know how to work your emotes yep. so that you know how to, how to, how to walk properly, which emote is going to go well with which outfit in which location. Yep. And uh, I mean, it's all about content. So being able to take a great selfie in a great location is uh, the way to go as a model in the metaverse. That's really good advice. So everyone who wants to become a model, maybe it didn't work out in the real, real world, but <laughs> can happen in the metaverse fashion week honestly i think this is great <laughs> so exciting 
Uh, we do. We're actually doing. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of a silly party, just fun for the community uh, this month. It's called uh, Wag Me Top Model. Wag Me, for people who don't know, is sort of a silly crypto phrase um, called, and it stands for we're all going to make it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's just, you know, like kind of like a manic positivity thing to say to people. Uh, we have turned that at the Dollhouse into a theme party that we do every Wednesday night over the course of the year. We'll usually do something like, um, let's say, Wag Me White, everybody dress mm-hmm. in white, or Wag Me, Wag Me Yummy we did once where everybody had to dress kind of like in snack-based or food-based clothing. We do this weekly, and it's just a fun way to get together. For this month, we did Wag Me Top Model. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> this is a, a selfie contest that we do where we just have maybe – there's probably 40 people who enter each week and they have a theme. My theme this week is neon. So you need to find the most neon outfit in the most neon location with mm-hmm. the most creativity and uh, you'll win a certain set of prizes. Last week we were sponsored by local, um, our local spirit company in, in Decentraland, which is also a, a real life company called Wisher Vodka. They are um, a really great brand who have done um, so many great things in Decentraland. They, this is, to me, is the model of what a brand should do if they want to stay in the metaverse. They've come in, they've become an essential part of the community. Uh, we all like and care for them as friends, as well as, um, you know, we all want to drink Wisher Vodka. It is unfortunately not available in Canada <laughs> yes, but I but I stare longingly the across the border. Yeah, but I can drink it in the metaverse, and I do. So uh, they uh, they sponsored the last party, which was really exciting. So some of their prizes were Wisher branded wearables. Right, they have like wings, which I think was super cool. This week we have another local designer who just came up with a spring collection, so she'll be sponsoring the party tonight. So these are ways that we can. Um, collaborate. We can fire up the marketplace by getting people more excited, like, oh, we need to run out and get some more neon clothes. So we kind of churn the economy a little bit as well. And we all get together and have a great experience. Super exciting. I think there's a whole parallel universe, really. And something that I've mentioned before in the podcast is about China. So the Chinese government have already invested one billion US dollars in building the metaverse of Shanghai alone. So building really a parallel economy. They're going to have people that work in the metaverse, people that are there full time. They're going to be building out actual real estate, educational institutes. People will go to class virtually in the metaverse, for example. And I guess in the rest of the world, it's not as organized. It's a little bit more chaotic, but a lot of creativity comes from that as well. That's exciting. I didn't know that they were doing that in in China. I do know that they're taking really incredible leaps and bounds in technology and they have the infrastructure to make that quick for everybody as well. So that's exciting. I, I am starting to see, I just read yesterday that they're starting to have kind of raver culture there. Yeah. So I was looking at some of the fashion wearables that are coming out. Really, really cool. I think we're going to see um, a more borderless world in the future versus social media where people have different social media that's relevant to different countries and even different generations. But when it comes to the metaverse, I think we're going to see a lot of merging of different communities, age groups, and it's going to be more down to what you're interested in and what your values are rather than where is my very specific um, demographic engaging online. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, and, a couple of things on that I would, I'd want to say as well for people that are interested in, in looking at a little bit of multiculturalism, there is a lot of multicultural events happening at Metaverse Fashion Week. They have a lot of different uh, outfits and uh, like some Chinese designers that have come in that are showing showcasing some of their work, which is really exciting. 
And then also, yes, I agree 100%. I think that that is the best part about the metaverse is that we are breaking down barriers that we normally see um, in age, in in gender, in ability, in economic status, and certainly um, with borders as well. That's what it's all about is finding connection in places that we probably wouldn't have been able to in the real world. That's why I love the metaverse. That's why I'm here. I think there's a purity and an honesty to that as well coming in and just uh, our intellects speaking together, you know, even if you want to get kind of crazy about it, you know, it's like our souls are talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too far? Have I gone too far? Definitely not. (laughs) I actually, you know, when you said soul, I immediately thought of the two incredible ladies behind Ouroboros, Ouroboros. There you go. Their soul bound NFT, the first ever soul bound NFT. So I think there's a lot of uh, soulful and philosophical, um, philosophical <laughs> people actually in the Web3 community in particular. There is something really beautiful about it, you know, um, even being able to meet you at a place like this. You know, that never would have happened if it wasn't for the metaverse. And, you know, here we are connecting, uh, making connections, maybe making plans for the future. That's awesome. Absolutely. Tampoco, I have learned already so much about the metaverse from you. And this is, you know, me being someone who's actively engaged in this space. But it's been really interesting to hear how you've done it. And actually really inspirational to see it's been less than two years since you had that first interaction on Reddit with the mysterious stranger who unbeknownstly um, launched you into this whole different path in in life that not just affected your online life, but also your real life life, mm-hmm, <laughs> All aspects definitely. Of life, which is, I think, one of the, the most interesting things about this space. If I was to ask you one specific skill that you think people should start working on today who are interested in getting involved in the metaverse, what would it be? You know, I really think... It doesn't matter your skill level. What matters more is your curiosity Mm -hmm. and your openness to learning new things. So if you can hone that, your tolerance, because it's a new space and and sometimes there's roadblocks and it's difficult to to maneuver or the tech is buggy or something like that. If you can keep an open mind and realize that it's bigger than just like, oh, you know, I have to refresh too many times today. (laughs) You know, it's bigger than that. So so come in with an open mind and come in with um, how you can help the community, how you can serve the community, what, what skills do you already have that might be useful to the community and be a part of the growth of it all. I think that's going to give you the best experience in the metaverse. Just be friendly, be open, talk to people. There, That's life advice as well. And I really like that. And <laughs> you know what? Sometimes people think to be engaged with the metaverse, they need to, or even digital in general, they say, oh, I don't know how to code. I'm like, it's not about coding, actually. It's, it's about being open-minded being curious, all of the things that you've just said and you know, bringing kindness as well, because actually in the metaverse, it's so interactive. It's more interactive than any other space that you're going to find yourself online in a Web2 um, environment, for example. Tankoko, I'm going to wrap this up with one last call to action for everybody listening, because I, I really hope that this metaverse fashion week is going to be the one where people take that first step not people that are already in the metaverse but people maybe coming from fashion who never got to attend a fashion show in real life but have always wanted to and have dreamed of being involved and meeting other people this is the chance (laughs) so um i'm going to share the coordinates they're going to be in the show notes as well but if you're listening it's minus one two seven comma one nine and that's going to bring you in front of the building of north fashion north fashion having their grand opening on Decentraland this week. So the parties are actually from today, so Tuesday 28th to Friday 31st. 
And this is all about bringing people together. There's going to be a gallery. There are going to be panel talks, a DJ called KDS, who's super fun. There's actually going to be a runway, prize winners. You can actually have your next collection of NFTs commissioned by North Fashion. So this is a really fun and safe uh, space to join and have your first experiences in the metaverse. So um, I hope to see lots of you there and it's going to be a super fun one. Tampoco, thank you so much. Also, you were very generous and said people could reach out to you and follow you. Absolutely. Twitter, Instagram, find you into Centraland and I can't wait to see you there myself as well. Yes, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to speak today. I'm excited about the metaverse. I'm excited about digital fashion. I do encourage everybody to uh, reach out and uh, come and join me in the metaverse. Sounds fantastic. Tangpoko, thank you. This has been super fun. And I mean, how interesting to have you to come on as a guest, our first avatar, I guess, if we could call you that, our first metaverse persona and hopefully the first of many. (laughs) I hope so too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech Powered Luxury, your weekly podcast on all things luxury and tech. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and follow Tech Powered Luxury on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Twitter, LinkedIn, or sign up to our weekly newsletter. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to partner with GladCloud, the platform that is powering our media campaigns through its collaborative social media marketing platform, which is perhaps how you have discovered the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas, questions, or would like to join us as a guest. 